0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm.
1: Welcome back, my friends. Today, we have a special guest who is a Canadian that's been selling online for many years. He's been uh, offering his services for, for many years, since the early 90s. Uh, so today we're going to have like two dinosaurs in the e-commerce world here talking to you. Uh, today's guest is Norman Farrar. Uh, he's worked with Fortune 500 companies such as Coca-Cola, Mercedes-Benz, 20th Century Fox. Man, we have to talk about that. And he's helping a lot of entrepreneurs, and we're going to talk about that today with them. Norman, how's it going? It's
0: going great. Thank you. And yes, dinosaurs. Wow, you're, you've been in it since the 90s too. Yes. Yeah. 97. But I wasn't doing it full time in the nineties.
1: It was, it was just my hobby. Like um, we were talking earlier, I lived in Europe and it was just like to get some extra party money. Right. I was doing it and it was what's called today drop shipping. But at the time, yeah, at the time there was no name for it. Uh, This is actually a funny story, Norm. I had to take pictures with a camera. I didn't have a smart cell phone. I would take pictures with a camera. In one store, there was one store. I would take pictures of hand-carved wooden statues, yeah. And then I would list them on eBay USA. And at the time when he, uh, eBay even had some different name, it was uh, it, it doesn't matter. But um, and I was selling the picture, so I called it selling the picture, right? Because that's all I owned. I, I didn't have money to buy anything else <laughs> but the picture. And uh, man. And it, it, took, it took off, I mean, took off as far as it could because they were unique statues. They were handmade, so yeah. I, I could never scale it. And I would go back to the store and they were gone. So anyway, it was wow. a good experience, but terrible at the same time.
0: <laughs> so, Do you remember the guy? Like, nobody's going to remember this. Uh, you will, I think. Yeah. The guy that, um, that was selling pixels on his computer screen back in the 90s, and he made a ton of cash. Do you remember that? No, he was selling. So it, it was it was either ten or a hundred dollars, and you got so many pixels on you own. So many pixels on the guy's computer screen, and it was like the pet rock. People well, bought into it. Oh man, I I didn't know that one. I knew uh,
1: <laughs> I knew there were some Canadians. They actually went to Dragons Den. You probably saw that. They were selling uh, um, air, bottled air, Canadian air, fresh air. You saw that?
0: I haven't seen that one, but <laughs> yes. oh my gosh. Yeah. Man. So Norm, you, you are in Canada. You're in Quebec, Montreal? No, I'm uh, two hours north of downtown Toronto up in uh, around a uh, place called Barrie. Oh yeah, Barrie, Ontario. Yeah. Right? Oh, I heard about it.
1: Uh, yeah, so one of the things we're not going to talk about here is hockey, because although my team is the the Oilers, I, uh, I don't follow hockey too much, so I only went... To like probably three games in my
0: lifetime right so no hockey for you norm <laughs> i just have to put a little plug in there i am yeah. a huge montreal Canadiens fan <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i figured i uh, just putting it out there you know what i have nothing nothing against them because I, i'm more of a soccer fan because like i lived in europe for 25 years so soccer was more my thing and um because uh, i didn't grow up with hockey so it was but i i do i do know the montreal canadians yes and you say canadiens or canadians
0: hey in, in barry we say canadians yeah okay in quebec we'll say you know canadian <laughs> yeah.
1: so norma how long have you been um selling on amazon oh
0: you, you know over the whole period of time yeah you know, like since i've been uh selling on e-com amazon hasn't been that long it's been about 2014 maybe okay. so 2015 so it hasn't been that, that that long but back during that period of time uh I mean it was a, it was literally the wild west you can throw up anything say anything yeah. and things would sell I mean, it was a really beautiful time <laughs> <laughs> yes so that's actually coincidentally
1: the same year I started was the end of 2014 so it was uh like 2015 was the first full year and 14, I only had a few months. And, and, you know, one of the things I didn't know until then, I didn't know we we could sell on Amazon as third party. And because I was selling, I had my own sites at the time, a lot of WordPress uh, and um, eBay. I, I Man, I closed in 2017 700 listings on eBay because I'm wow. com- completely done. But I didn't know we could sell on Amazon until 14. And that's when I, I just grabbed some of the best sellers. I start putting them there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, goodbye eBay after that. <laughs> you know,
0: eBay's making a comeback. You think so? Yeah, uh, I can. Uh, we had all these issues with hazmat products. We took three products that had been banned three times that there should be no reason. It's just some idiots not reading the emails properly, right, which happens yep. all the time. And so we just got fed up. We went over to eBay, and these three products uh, were consistently selling in total 150 grand a month. Nice. These three products, and they were almost outselling what they would have outs uh, what they would have sold on Amazon, which is really bizarre. But eBay now is allowing you to um, build brand, build brand pages, daily deals—really cool. They're really trying to make a comeback and, and rebrand what eBay is all about.
1: You know what I? I still didn't unsubscribe from from some emails, and I I keep getting some um, with, you know, uh, we'll give you 500 listings for free or whatever um, the listing fee, and the reason why I left was December 2017, and you know, it's the end of fourth quarter where everything is like, if you don't sell in December, you don't sell at all, Uh, I mean, unless it's not a giftable item, and i wasn't getting sales compared to the the new amazon that i had it was now two and a half years old or something and i decided to remove just remove them from there because uh it was just a lot of hassle fulfillments and all that stuff uh but it was all the chinese sellers that were coming and you know we have comparable items but my brand versus this i don't know the 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 regular Bluetooth speaker that they send over uh, in, all in the same box for a buck 99 that takes uh, 60 days to get delivered. I, I can't compete with that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I have to check it out again.
0: So I'm yeah, glad you, Check it out. I mean, it, it might be worth your while to, to look at it and, and start working with it. And they also give you at least the last time I checked your own rep. So they help you guide it through and and like for any commercial account. So it's not like Amazon where they run and hide and don't want anything to do with you. They'd rather sell their own product, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, uh, eBay is really trying to rebuild the brand. All right. Did you try wish yet as a seller? No, I know people that are on wish and you know, if I guess I don't have that product that mm-hmm. really adheres to, to wish yet. But when I do, I can't wait. It looks like it's an interesting platform. Yeah, I, I have the Wish
1: seller account. Uh, I don't have any SKUs there yet mm-hmm. uh, because I was thinking that too. I don't know if my products actually fit here. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess I'm going to try it because they have now FBW, right? Fulfilled by Wish. I didn't oh. know that. Yeah, they have a, that's why Walmart doesn't call their fulfillment FBW because Wish took uh, Fulfilled by Wish first. So Walmart can't have the FBW. <laughs> yeah. So Norm, tell me something. Do you think there's any room left for anybody launching now on Amazon, for example?
0: No doubt. No doubt. Um, the, the doomsday people uh, have... Well, if you take a look at an Amazon listing and you look at it like everybody else does for the most part, and the only way you can sell is lowering your price and being a bottom dweller then your days are numbered because the Chinese are gonna kill you. Um, they're gonna be able to com- come in, they're gonna compete against you, you won't be able to sell. The people that are building a brand, I mean, you can sell retail arbitrage, mm-hmm. still there. You know, I-, I love the brand building side. You know, the. I think if you're, you're gonna find something, build that brand, build the perceived value. So if somebody's selling something for nine ninety nine, dollars you can sell it for $17.99, and kick their butt, you know, and I can give you an example that, uh, I can give you two examples. One was with toe wart remover where they were selling nothing. We, we repackaged it. We put it into beautiful bottles. We, we had this pack, like the actual packaging itself, opened it up like an iPhone and it was tow wart remover hmm. and, but it looked great. We ended up selling 8,000 the first month. They hadn't sold anything for 18 months. And we got it up to um, $68,000 after three months. We raised the price from $999 to $23.99. And it was great. When we turned on PPC, the sales went up to $124,000. So we didn't have PPC uh, when yeah. we were selling it at sixty-eight. dollars And then the other one was were these uh, knives. So we were bringing in um, these chef knives. A knife, a knife, a knife. Mm-hmm. They range from, you know, Nine ninety nine up to two or three hundred dollars. Um, a better steel, better, but it didn't come across a lot of the times. We took a middle of the road knife that should have been selling for about nineteen to twenty four dollars, brought it out at forty nine dollars, and we're selling it. Well, right now we're selling it at ninety seven, but we were up at around one twenty four. And how? Mm. Spent a few dollars on packaging and images. So yeah, you want to you want to beat the Chinese. Do something that we can do. Well, they haven't. They'll get catch on, and they're starting to. But it's all about brand. Yes. It's all about perceived value. It's about the images. It's about the title. It's about engagement, and if you can do that, yeah, I mean, you can definitely win on Amazon. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm happy that you mentioned the knife because um, we had a
1: product that was also a knife, and it was selling in the USA. And the market is a lot bigger, but there's also a lot of more competition. And it was it was not a kitchen knife. It was a tactical knife. Okay, so that, I had a huge advantage in the USA uh, because you can sell a- anything that is, you know, hunting, fishing, tactical knives has a huge demand. And then there was one of the keywords that was one of my best keywords was the fact that it was self-assist. It was the opening that is not spring-loaded, you have to manually open it, but there's a little clip that helps you open it. I brought it over to Canada and it was, this was a, a super cheap in the, in the USA, right? Cause of competition in Canada. There was no competitors. I brought it over and it was in a $30 range, uh, with the beautiful packaging and Amazon, uh, doesn't allow tactical knives now anymore. So I have a few hundred, uh, Around the house now. <laughs> if if anybody wants to break in, I got a few hundred <laughs> that I don't sell anymore. And now it's not worth it. to Send them back to the U.S. because um, they're kind of heavy. Shipping, you know how it is. Shipping from Canada to the U.S. Uh, takes away uh, takes away all the margins. So yeah, yeah. So tell me something. Um, you launching changes all the time, right? Something that used to launch, like you said, 2014, there was no launch. You would put the product on Amazon, and before you know it, you start getting sales. Yeah. And so now everything obviously changed. What are your best or favorite launch and ranking
0: strategies? Incentivized reviews. Not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember those days? Oh uh, yes. Anyways, um, yeah. So let me see. Uh, we were talking about incentivized reviews. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are three parts to launching on Amazon nowadays for me anyways. Um, And it changes all the time. Like you just said, Uh, you've got PPC, you've got your um, rebate and press release, and then you've got your Amazon posts. Mm -hmm. And I find that at least for the Amazon traffic, if you're not doing those three, you're not optimizing uh, your product launch. It's one, two, three. And then uh, for the press release, I mean, I used to do so many, uh,
1: monthly basis, press releases, I would say probably 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and all of them were at the time written press releases, right? So by the time the video press release came out, I I wasn't doing them anymore. Uh, so for one, tell me, are, are they still working and how does the video press release work?
0: Sure. So what we found, I'll give you an example that you won't believe, uh, we had a call from one of our clients and they went, Oh my gosh, I don't believe what just happened. Amazon just called us. They were wondering what we were doing, how we were doing it. And if it was against us, we were ranking higher for Amazon ads. Okay. Just Amazon D uh, well, it was, it was Amazon ads. I can't get into it because it's client, but we were outranking them and, and a senior person at Amazon actually called and said, what are you doing? Press releases. Just, just targeted press releases, uh, content marketing along with those, uh, those press releases. But how do you use them in a launch? So it's very simple. Keyword strategy is a little bit different. Uh, we build outside Remember silos back in the days. So you'd get your long tail keywords and then you just build a silo of like, let's take bully sticks. You've got grass fed orderless bully sticks. You've got six inch grass fed orderless bully sticks. So all these long tail keywords and, what you'll do is you'll uh, you'll start taking your higher volume long tail keywords and associate it with a press release over the period of uh, two week uh, two weeks when you're doing your launch usually it's two weeks uh, you'll put out anywhere from four eight up to twenty press releases if you're doing supplements you got to do a lot sixteen to twenty if you're doing the average uh, product you can do four to eight and get away with it and all you're doing is taking writing something about, it could be the launch on Amazon, it could be your features, it could be your benefits, um, it could be some sort of engaging topic that people would be writing about, white papers, research. Uh, anyways, you're building in the phrase at the beginning of the title. You're um, you're putting in either a secondary phrase or some form of engagement or fe- feature at the end. And if you find that, like, let's say you're selling really well in Miami, you could geotarget. Mm -hmm. And you could be number one in, in that Miami area just by mentioning the word, uh, like a a suburb of Miami, let's say. So I I, I don't know, um, whatever it is, XYZ Florida. And um, anyways, when you link, when you create the press release, you just have to have one raw link that goes back to your store. So just go, don't do your super URLs, don't do just one raw link that says like your second paragraph maybe. Yeah. Learn more about, or learn more, click here and it'll be your raw link. Um, and that's and you send really it, what- You send yep. it to your store or directly to the listing? You're, you are directly to the listing. You can yeah. do it to the store, but you're going, if you're, if you're targeting, um, uh, let's say Dead Sea Mud, you're gonna go to your product page and the listing and take that link. So you can just do it like that. I also try to put in an authority link. There is like to to actually structure out the press release. There's really one thing you have to remember, a couple of things. You want to have a great title with keyword stuffed. It really is keyword stuffed. That first phrase at the beginning um, can get you so much ranking on Google. You don't want to keyword stuff your body, but um, you know, you can have um, different keywords in there. Of course, you want to have a summary that's 160 and you'll be asked by the press release company a summary of 160 characters. So when it gets blasted out, um, journalists can pick it up, or other um, media networks can look at it and see whether they want to carry it or not. And then while this is going on, whatever keywords that are in the uh, in the press release, you want to do rebates. And so you can either do a search find by rebate, or you can like through ManyChat or you know Facebook Messenger. Or you can use a concierge service or an app like, um, rebate key rebate, um, rebate jet. But, um, I like using companies like rank bell who provide um, a concierge service. Like if you say, Hey, I need somebody to go out there, look for these, uh, like go to page one, type in this keyword. This is what my page uh, picture looks like. Take a look at this. Um, uh, take a look at this competitor and then add, you know, go buy my product. You can get really sophisticated with them. Now, if Amazon's a listing, I did not say any of that. Um, but it's, it's what we call a little bit gray. Um, but you know, all big brands do it. Whatever we're doing here, all big brands do. Amazon does this. So, um, anyway, we do that with everything. We just ranked, um, a supplement, a very popular supplement, brand new. It was brand new, didn't exist. The brand didn't exist. Mm-hmm. The category of the supplements, probably the, the most, you probably have it on the tip of your tongue, but the most competitive category we ranked on um, six or seven searches. But one of the high volume searches were number one within three to four days wow. in that category. And is it, is it the powder or the serum? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say you could do both, actually. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, Norm, um, so there, there's two from what you said, there's two questions I want to ask you. Uh, I'll start with
0: the, the press release part. How do, how do they get distributed? Okay, that is really important, because you remember back in the day, and I'm talking about 2014, 2015, um, the the big trick was using press releases to get ranked right and then everybody did it on the cheap so you got what you paid for and then all of a sudden press releases didn't work this yeah. is what you were told but everybody was trying to find free distribution you can do it on your own you can it takes a lot of work um i've been doing press releases for 20 plus years and they work and i found that they worked on amazon and they continued to work and that's when i bought a press release company i don't like spending money but it worked yeah. i bought it so um what what was I saying about the, uh, uh, what were we just talking about? Uh, I lost my train of thought when I was saying uh, how, the how,
1: how they get distributed.
0: Yeah. So the way that they, the way that press release gets distributed is very simple. You're going to go to an uh, a company that distributes the press release. So the companies write them and distribute them. There's companies that just write press releases. You can submit a press release to a company, but typically when you see a press release company, um, uh, like online, they're distributing that press release. They have um, a relationship with a group of media outlets. Media outlets are um, news outlets, are radio stations, uh, search engines, content marketing companies like MarketWise, Reuters, uh, Yahoo Finance, uh, people like that. So, when you have that network and you press the button, it goes out. It, they they can choose to uh, distribute it or not, or pick it up or not. Uh, so every time we do a press release. We don't know if you're going to get hundred pickups or 500 pickups uh, for us. I know the average is around 400. So really good, solid, um, press release uh, uh, media outlets. And the reason why, like we never got into that, but I think the reason why it works so well on Amazon is their authority links. So if you've got Google news picking you up and it goes back to your listing, you get a link I and mean, that's pretty powerful. You know, if you if you're hooking up to um, CNN or Fox or, I think they take you seriously, and I think that's why it works. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've always known that if you pay the price, it doesn't have to be a big price. It works. So if you're paying, if you're gonna pay for a free press release, yeah. you're gonna get that. You're gonna go to all these small town USA dumpy links that are just like the old days when they were doing link farming. And you'll probably get penalized. Um, if you go to a good company and you're, I'm talking about anywhere from, uh, there, there are some at around $50, but you know, you've got companies that are out there at 200, 300, 400, $500. Those are the ones that you're looking at. And typically you can get a pretty good press release out on the market for a hundred to 200 bucks, yeah. but make sure you, you ask that company for their distribution report. You want to see where they're going. Gotcha.
1: You know, I did both, like you said, the the high quality, high authority links that are more powerful than a hundred of the the no authority ones. And I also try the, the services, because you know how it is, we've got to try everything. And I try the the less expensive ones, and it actually mm-hmm. does the opposite of what we want because they become toxic links. And I, I use the tools uh, SEM rush for mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately it doesn't work on my Amazon listing I've been trying it because uh, it, it just uh, goes too deep into the into the domain right and I only have that certain uh, URL but um, on my own sites I can check how many toxic links I have and some of those cheap came back that hundred percent of them were toxic so they were actually hurting my rankings instead of helping me and brings me to a good point as do you do two tier? Like we did some, for example, like link building, where you create a blog and the blog is almost like a press release. It's full of keywords and only has one link in there, one link to to my product, right? Mm-hmm. The other there's then a the powerful link that's going to go to, I don't know, let's say a Wikipedia, for example, or a YouTube video that is not related to my product whatsoever, and then my link. Uh, the link to my product now directs to another blog and that blog is going to link to my Amazon listing or, or even to my um, Shopify site, for example.
0: Do you try any of those? You know, it's, it's wild that you said that, you know, it's almost like, Hey, I got to get you to write an article for us. Uh, (laughs) um, But you know, that, uh, that works perfectly. But one of the things that we say, we, that, like going out to that other network, um, we don't go that deep, but ideally that's what I like to be able to do. But what we tell people, if they want to have a little bit of extra juice, um, write a press release. So a press release title would be something, um, sounds a bit more newsworthy. And this is one I, an example I give all the time. Um, natural grass-fed odorless bully sticks, like really pumping it up there, um, provide healthy pet snacks for elderly dogs. Okay. So all those combinations will be, um, uh, picked up by Google and then hopefully throughout all, Google will start ranking them on all the media outlets. But then you write an article called, um, seven reasons why, um, elderly law dogs, you know, w- must eat bully sticks or something along those lines. Yeah. The one blog article is an incredibly well-written 750 to 1500 word um, uh, article with that one link like you just said, with the other link going to an authority site, you publish that first. Then you get your press release and you link it over to your blog. And your press release link goes to your Amazon. So hopefully I didn't confuse people. Now, if you really want to do something cool, get a video press release. So usually when you get a written press release, um, there will be a version which is on video. Okay. Okay. So you download it and you put that onto your blog. And why? Because blog articles or press releases are doing one thing. They're building trust and they're building authority. And if people are going onto Amazon and they're saying, who is this bully stick company? They're going to go check it out on Google. They're going to see, Oh, here's a blog article. And guess what? There's a press release with a news anchor talking about the subject, you know, about the press release. And then there's going to be the blog article touching on all the points, but making it more engaging than a press release. And we found like you can just knock it out of the park with those. And also, so very important. You've got your launch strategy. This is what we've been talking about. But if you're building a brand You don't put out, you know, four or 10 or 20 a month. You just, you can do it once a month, but put something out there because you want to, you want Amazon to know that you are the authority site. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need rebates for that. If you're you're building XYZ company and you want to show people that you're the company out there, that's what I would do. That's what I would recommend.
1: Nice. Beautiful. And so another thing, People may be tempted when, if doing those, they may be tempted to use a super URL for one, which I I think you'd be wrong because by putting a super URL and you're not getting conversion, right? Because it's going to auto-populate the search term and you're not going to get conversion for it. and that So that could hurt you too. Now, if you're doing, right. like you said, directly to your amazon.com forward slash ASIN, um, it doesn't hurt because there is no search term. And it's actually just going to give you external traffic. But another thing that people, uh, I mean, I was asked this, why don't we do it this way? And it was adding, since you're going to link to your Amazon listing, why not use an affiliate link? And you get an extra 4% or whatever. Uh, Now, tell me if you agree with me. I think Amazon, just like Google and Reddit, they don't like affiliate links so it becomes less powerful. Did you feel the same way?
0: Yeah, Um, especially like going back to your beginning when you said you use a super URL. Um, So the reason why you don't, you get some traffic. Nobody's waking up in the morning and saying, I've got to go and check out XYZ company. It's an incredible brand and see if it's on the Wall Street Journal. It's not gonna happen. Hmm. Where the power of the press release comes in is the links. So, if you're looking for external traffic, you, you can you can go and you can find ways to drive that press release to get more external traffic. Um, however, it's not going to be tens of thousands of people. So, don't think of it that way. Uh, when you're doing this, you're building a brand. When you're doing a launch strategy, you're using the authority links. That's all. When you do, uh, when you talk about affiliates, I'm in the same belief as what you are. Why? For me, it's. Why cheapen the product? Yeah. I, I think that raw link going back to your page listing is it, it's clean. Amazon's not going, what what's this? It's not questioning it. Um, it's just a white hat technique. Like that's the beauty of everybody's trying to, you know, skirt the system, right? Hmm. There's gotta be a better way. There's, there's, you know, new shiny objects all the time. when, the probably the best and most inexpensive way to get the name out there is old school marketing using press releases. Like where else can you market nationally for less than 200 bucks and get national exposure? Like I said, if you're geo targeting, if you're looking at your Amazon reports and you know that you're in Texas and you're selling like hotcakes, target it, target it. And most of the, if it's a quality press release, you can get, um, you can get exposure in that area like with one press release I showed on this one podcast that I was doing um, I was doing some re- research and they wanted some slides so I typed in the name of um, our brand with a search term and it all came up amazon.com chewy um, amazon.ca and then it was a press release from 2016 that was this year and then everyone including the image slots so one, two, three, and then the video slot, all of us, all. And then on page two, everything on page two except one. And it was crazy that, but I've been doing it with this brand forever, you know, for, since 2016. But I think you get really great results if you type in a phrase and you are just dominating uh, Google. Mm -hmm. It's, It's crazy. And oh, by the way, during that podcast, we did a, um, we did a launch the day before, and I was trying to show people, okay, you know, this is the combinations. 200, I think it was 279 uh, phrases were ranked by Google. 170 were on page one. 131 keywords were number one within 24 hours. Now, they were horrible keyword combinations for the most part, but there were some beautiful ones like um, Bully Sticks launch, Bully Sticks Amazon, Bully Sticks. Where can you get exposure like being number one in Google for bully sticks Amazon, you know, overnight? Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, I mean, a lot of people forget how powerful Google is, right? For one, uh, we all want, want to rank on Amazon on on the first page for most of our search terms, but just remember the whole world is on Google, right? Not everybody is on Amazon yet, but uh, I mean, it's. Yeah, let's not forget about the most powerful uh, (laughs) marketing uh, search engine. Yes. Talking about search engine, I actually posted something on on Facebook today, and it was about, you know, Amazon Transparency. They keep messaging, and they try to – it's almost like I I felt that's what my post was. I felt like um, it's like Bing. Everybody knows it exists, but nobody wants to go near it. Did you accept
0: anything to do with transparency? I just had an incredible call with Amazon Transparency. Yeah. So I I got that message. I wanted to check it out. I had a brand I was just launching, and I knew that it was easy to counterfeit, and there was expiry dates. So um, they are going out of their way to get people on to transparency. They're assigning a, your own customer service rep for transparency. So you can call them and say, Hey, you know, I got this problem, right. blah, blah. Oh my gosh. What are people paying for that? So anyways, I'm not saying that they're going to be exclusive, but they are your rep that you can call now for certain products. Transparency is a great option for other products. Why? Yeah. I, I don't know why. Um, you know, but it, it, it does like for the one brand that I'm, I'm just launching, right? I was looking at doing my competitive research and there's brands out there that have a trademark that, you know, brand registered, but they made the mistake of um, being a distributor as well and not having, I guess, a reseller license that states that they couldn't sell on Amazon. Yeah. And their product was being it just killed by 21 resellers who were just drilling down the price where like and I talk I did my research hey don't you have any type of map pricing yes, Amazon doesn't enforce it so these people hey if I can make thirty cents and move volume I will well what does transparency do you cannot get on there the second that you send an inventory and you try to get on there it they will um, flag your account and possibly suspend you yeah so you know what i I was in the eh, you know why but after talking with them um I, i've really changed my mind about transparency
1: yeah i mean i had the call too and i couldn't see anything in my situation that would benefit because th- there are other platforms out there that, that have my product yep. and i don't know if tomorrow uh, walmart is going to say like i don't want transparency products here because that's by Amazon thing, uh, right? So, because if you if you put the transparency barcode on a product, you have to put it on
0: all. All, right? So, man, uh, you're there's yeah. a way around it. I think you know, uh, there, and it, like again, for my concern, I think there was a great need for it. For a lot of others, I can't see it, and there is. That little issue about your—you've got to put that barcode on every
1: product, a unique barcode. That's my biggest issue. Is that it's each product has a unique barcode, right? Right. So if you—if you, I mean, if you manufacture ten thousand products tomorrow, uh, you need ten thousand different barcodes on them. Uh, Yeah. So man, oh man. Anyway, so the the launches that you're talking about earlier in the company that you bought is PR reach, correct? PRReach.com. Yeah. But you have something brand new and that's um, it's related to sourcing, right? So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Okay. So um, as I was mentioning to you, just before we got onto the podcast, uh, People will probably be rolling their eyes when I talk about this, because everybody's heard about a sourcing guy, somebody who does sourcing. They probably do it themselves, and they think they're pretty good. Uh, I met this guy that uh, came up to me, and he said he was a sourcing agent. And I went, "Yeah," kind of rolled my eyes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and he said, "Yeah, I'd really like to, uh, you know, talk to a group. I have a a small uh, group mentoring program." And, uh, anyways, I'm sitting there going okay, but, you know, we've had sourcing agents on before. I've been, like, I've had my own companies in China. I, I, I think I'm pretty good. And uh, he said, look, I've got a system. I've worked with Alibaba. He says, I've worked with them on three platforms. He says, I know sourcing, and I have seven hacks that um, sourcing agents just will not tell you. And I can save any company, whether it's a six, seven, eight, nine-figure company money. Okay, you got my attention. Mm -hmm. He blew me away. He blew me away with what he could do and how he could save. So we um, we're we're working. Just to give you an example, there's a popular pillow company that people probably know, and they the first thing they said was we do our own product sourcing. We already everything's taken care of. Within a couple of days, we saved them one million dollars. Really, one million dollars. Yep, and. The, I mean, it's just time after time after time um, we we get the same thing. Oh, now we do our own thing. Ah now we, we have a we have a deal with the you know the the manufacturer. Oh, I met them in China. You know what? Buddy, if you go over to China or if you go through Ali, well, I shouldn't say a sourcing platform, right? Um, you've got a profile of being a foreigner. Well, guess what? You're probably going to go through five layers of brokers. If you do get, and I'm not saying you can get to the manufacturer direct, even when we do it, um, we probably, if it's lower quantities, have to deal with a, a trading company because they're not going to accept a smaller order, but we know who we're dealing with. We're dealing in Chinese. We're do, dealing in RMB. We do not allow the friend of the family to ship the product. You know, there's all these little things. Uh, the HTC codes, the harmonized tariffs. Yeah. We've saved more people money. We just, we just, this just happened. Somebody was bringing in quarantine signs. Okay. And so they got a 35% tariff and it ended up being, it was higher than 35%. We changed it into advertising signs, which we do it by the rules. Like we never break them. Right. Uh, It was zero. It came in zero. The guy saved 35% just changing the HTC code. So these are the little things that we can do. Also, um, inspections. So we do like inspections over there. Um, also Chinese trademarks. So that's a big deal that's happening right now. It's it's not you don't have to worry about it or, you know, break a sweat, but the you know some Chinese are going out registering trademarks in China. And if you're if you're creating or manufacturing and we, when it gets to the dock, customs it's not going out, it's you don't own this product, you know somebody in China owns the trademark. Yeah. And so that's a big hassle, but um so this is what some of the things that this guy did, and he impressed the heck out of me. So we started a company called Honu Worldwide.
1: Beautiful, and that's Honu. So H O N U
0: Worldwide. You got it. Awesome. So th- you know you're on the right website if there's a big turtle on it. <laughs> and uh so when it comes to sourcing, there there's
1: one thing that I'm not sure if everybody knows, but Negotiating the price of the product, right? So there's a lot of ways you can save money, like you said. There's a ton of ways that even experienced sellers don't know, because I learned a big one not too long ago from from a sourcing agent as well. And um, there's other things when it comes to negotiating the price of the product. Is that one of the? Is that one of the ones that should be negotiated, or gets to a certain point where you say? man, don't go, don't go any lower because, you know, they're going to take quality away.
0: Well, it all depends on that spec sample, right? So when you get that spec sample and you've signed off on it, you know that that's the quality you want. Hmm. So if you go back and you're right, there is production, uh, what's it called? I was going to say production creep, but over a period of time, uh, suppliers do get comfortable and they start cutting corners. So if you have that spec sample that you've put on uh, and you've written, um, you, basically you've written on your pro forma that it has to meet the uh, spec sample, um, the quality, then you've got no issues. But let's say that uh, you your, your initial order, you've got the spec sample. Now you can start negotiating. This is what it is. Um, you don't let the manufacturer for the most part do the packaging because they're not a packaging company. Uh, for the most part. They're not a design company. So if you want perceived value, go to a real graphic artist. And there's tons of places that you can go to in China that uh, provide uh, really high quality packaging. Um, If at worst, you know, you can talk to your supplier, but what you want to do is you want to get the product price, then you can work from there. Then you'll know exactly, because a lot of these uh, manufacturers Will beef up the cost of their packaging by 30% or 50% or 100%. And you don't know it. Um, and then you could always ask about kidding and assembly. A lot will charge nothing for that. Um, but uh, that could be your final negotiation. So if you know, if you spent time with somebody, developed a relationship, got the spec sample, now you're down to the nitty gritty, and you say, oh, yeah, what about kidding? Can you do that for me? Like putting in the insert, the box. 70, 80% of the time, they'll do it for free. Yes. Yeah. And um so it's don't jump too quick to negotiate. That's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. If if you look like you're anxious, you're gonna you'll end up paying. Oh my gosh, you'll be paying so much. <laughs> yeah, and you'll absolutely. think you're getting a great price. That's the thing. Like you're oh my gosh, my my manufacturer who's five brokers deep um is so incredible. They really you love me. Yeah, right. Um, but there is like there people who build good relationships and trust and don't try to screw over, you know, the manufacturer or vice versa. And it can happen both ways. Um, that's the best relationship. You know, once you do build the trust, Hey, go to China. You know, when you go to China, go to the factory or, or go out, go out to meal, break bread. It's all about networking. But the other thing I can tell you, especially right now, what we've done with our clients, Amazon for Amazon sellers. So uh, we've told people this for years, that you need a 3PL and send your product, half of it to your 3PL, half of it to Amazon. And then what you what we've done, we've done one step further now. We've gone back to many of our clients' um, uh, manufacturers and we've said, look, we gotta negotiate. We're having some problems over here. I mean, you know, the virus has affected everything. Um, they, they've been affected. They want to negotiate some price. I want you, let's take, for instance, a thousand units, a thousand units, 500 goes to Amazon 500 goes to your three PL, which is your warehouse. Okay. It used to be that if you ran short, if there was a special, or if all of a sudden fourth quarter came and you started to run short, you could just move over your FBM product very cheaply and then get Amazon to ship it or to get your manufacturer to ship it over. But there's lots of lead time. How do you get around it? 1,000 units that get shipped. Ask your manufacturer to double up the order and put it into their storage. They'll store it for free. For sure, for sure, for sure. They'll store it for free. So 1,000 units are there, but 30% down on it. Okay, just 30%. Then during the first cycle, all of a sudden, boom, 500 units get sold. It moves the warehouse, 500 units. These 1,000 go over. 500 units go to Amazon, 500 units go to your warehouse, and then your order goes in. Now, your cash flow is you've only got the 30%. You can pay. We typically try to negotiate. So we'll either negotiate 30 days, 60, even 90-day terms. So um, the, 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 the product that's in our warehouse, usually we're paying for it in 90 days, 60 or 90 days, which is starting to go over to Amazon. The stuff that's in the Chinese warehouse is only 30%. We only have to pay the 70%, 30, 60, 90 days later. And then the production, the thousand that's in production goes into the warehouse. It's a full cycle and you never run out of inventory and you get better terms. It could be huge. It could be huge for your cash flow. Definitely.
1: That's one of the, one of those tricks that I mentioned that, uh, uh, when you think you know everything and, and it pops up, that, that one showed up uh, not too long ago for me. So we did that. And I, I was doing it with packaging. For example, mm-hmm. I don't let the menu manufacturer of of the product do the, the packaging as well because we get the packaging designed somewhere else. And the packaging had, I mean, a really good price for uh, 100,000 units. Okay? So, mm-hmm. if I got 100,000 units of the packaging, it becomes, it, it would almost be the price of, of 50,000. So, it, the discount was so big when you go over 100,000 that it was a no brainer to get it done. But we don't need 100,000 products shipped to us. Uh, I mean, uh, we're getting like 10,000 at a time. So, the manufacturer of the product actually has, at any time, thousands of my empty packages ready there as well. So that they were doing before, and now we're doing that, and we're actually trying to get, uh, instead of the 30%, we're trying to get down to
0: 10 yeah, 10%.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not. How
0: do you, you know, it, 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 I hear this all the time, you know, know your numbers. Most, so many people don't know their numbers, and by saving, just by saving, like by saving on the foreign exchange from U.S. dollar to RMB, you know, don't let them, negotiate a price in u.s dollars you want to negotiate the price in rmb and like uh, there's a you, you could do a whole podcast on this but they're hedging it you know they they have a spread um for the most part anywhere from uh, we showed eight percent to twenty percent you know because they don't want to lose on the u.s dollar so pay rmd like you You need to go well ideally, what you want to do is you want to have that sourcing agent that speaks chinese, of course um first first hint is is if you're talking to somebody who's English, uh, they're not the manufacturer they're not the manufacturer mm. and they're you know they're most manufacturers over there do not speak English. The manufacturing or trading companies do, but uh anyways. You, if you can go over there, like in our, in our instance, we'll go over acting as a the the buyer. We negotiate. Right off the bat, we save probably 30% just because they, they're selling to a Chinese company. Mm-hmm. And then it's our company that's selling it back over here. So um, uh, just being able to negotiate RMB to RMB saves you a lot of money. Do you
1: go there yourself? They, they don't think you're Chinese, do they? You-
0: sure. Oh, you want to hear a story about that? <laughs> So, um, my brother and I went over there and we were in this factory. And so anyways, this is in Taiwan. It's not China. It's Taiwan. We were sitting there and we're negotiating and really weird, like got a really weird vibe. The guy wasn't talking. No, not friendly. Back in the day, they would want to know about your family and they want, before they sold you anything, right? It was sit down, talk about family. Yeah. Then you'd leave, you come back a day later or two, and then now let's negotiate. It doesn't happen like that, you know, anymore. It was kind of cool back then. Um, but this guy wouldn't talk. So um, we're sitting there going uh, to uh, our general manager at the time. Her name was Katie. Katie, what's going on? And she goes, oh, I'm so embarrassed to say this. What? There was a guy by the name of Steve. That's my brother's name. Who worked with this fellow's friend who ripped him off. And he doesn't want to do business with him because my brother's name was Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, when she explained it to them, like it's just a cultural thing back then, but it was so funny.
1: Yeah, I guess Steve is not, uh, when you go to China, Steve is not a common name. So
0: they... It's just a guy that ripped them off, and it could have been any guy at any day but because my brother's name was Steve and he was in Taiwan that he must be the guy. So, you know, the word already got out to the manufacturers. Don't deal with this guy's name, Steve.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I honestly thought you were going to say it has something to do with your beard. And
0: uh, <laughs> you can... <laughs> so I, that, you that don't even want to go there. If you go to China, it, literally we've got pictures of, of like, a lady or a guy just taking me like this, you know, basically coming up, touching the beard. I'm yeah. um, just coming up with their family, looking not smiling or anything. Just pictures. It's it's so crazy. So <laughs> they stand next to you and ask, ask to take a oh, picture. Oh, they'll touch it. They come up. They don't even. <laughs> they don't ask. They don't, it's just Oh, And uh, you know, of course, I'll do. And of course, like I'm a pretty tall guy, so I'm tall. I'm not the thinnest guy in the crowd. And I got this you know, giant beard, so yeah, I kind of stand out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, Norm, man, I can't believe it. It's been an hour. Norm, this has been, it's been fantastic. We, we got to keep doing this more often, man, because uh, we got so much to talk about. Uh, now, before you go, tell everybody, where can they find uh, your PR company um, on the
0: worldwide? Let us know the links and where to find you. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is norm at PR reach. There's two R's in there, prreach.com. Uh, You can check out the website. Uh, we do have a whole section on Amazon launch and rank. So you can kind of get an idea of what we're doing as well as regular press releasing content, now writing blog articles. And then for the Honu side, it's H O N U worldwide.com and just stick norm in front of it. Norm at HONU worldwide. It'll get to me. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, and we, uh, it, if you want, you can, um, check me out on Facebook, send me a personal message. I answer everything.
1: There you go. So I wrote them down. I'm going to put them on the show notes for those that are, uh, driving or in the shower right now. Norm, thank you so much. We're, uh, well, like I said, we have to do this again. Fantastic. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you.